Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you or someone you know has a child with autism in their family, answers and support can be hard to come by. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio with host Dr. Bill Freya. We will offer practical information for parents of children of all ages, as well as explore treatment topics and recent research related to autism. Now, here is Dr. Bill Freya. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. So... I'm Rob Haupt, and I'm filling in this week for Dr. Freya. Uh, I am VP of Business Development at Autism Spectrum Therapies, and I also have the pleasure of being a board-certified behavior analyst. Uh, And that's a a great dynamic that I get to have because as I learn more about the funding landscapes that are available to children with autism, I also get to educate those funding sources about ABA and about the BCBA and really can talk to them from a clinical perspective. Uh, at AST, we have the opportunity to provide services to children with autism that meet all of their different needs. We provide ABA services, we provide occupational therapy services, speech services, but we even get to focus in on other things such as social recreational services like summer camps. We provide support to families as they work with their insurance companies to advocate for these services. And it's that that we're really going to focus on today. Uh, I'm I'm here today as your guest host because we have a really special topic, and it's one that I've spent a good part of the last year working on and learning about to help guide families and to support our families through this new process, which is insurance funding. And it's a really big topic, and it's a complex topic, but I'm really excited about the guests we have today and the information that we're going to cover uh, a big motivation of mine and why I wanted to be your host this week is that I've really become committed and joined in with AST's mission to provide the most amount of resources possible to families, not just our families, but to every family out there. there there's not enough information, and there's times we don't collaborate enough, and this is the time we need to do it more than ever. Um, today's topic is going to probably focus a little bit more on California-specific issues than we've had so far on the show. Um, but don't fret. If you're in another state, this isn't a reason or this isn't a show that you're going to miss. There's still a lot of information that is going to be really, really valuable to you. The insurance conversations that we're going to have are complex, but there's also a lot of things that overlap from state to state. Regardless of where you are, you have certain rights that are going to be consistent, whether you're in New Orleans, whether you're in New York, whether you're in Los Angeles. Uh, those rights, the procedures, and the different types of things that the insurance companies are looking for in order for you to secure funding for your child are consistent, 
regardless of where you are, and are generally relatively consistent between insurance companies because it all relates back to more of a national standard that is starting to develop. If you get the opportunity, I really recommend you guys go to our website at autismtherapies.com. We have a lot of information posted about working with insurance companies, what you need to provide them in terms of information, in terms of reports, but also we're going to be hosting a number of workshops across Southern California as well as Northern California to give you more information as to what this mandate is going to mean, how it's going to change the funding landscape, and how you can use it to gain more services or how it may change the services you're already receiving. Uh, Another great resource for anyone across the country is Autism Speaks, and particularly their public policy website, Autism Votes. Um, Autismvotes.org is the name of their site, and it goes state by state and provides general information to every single state exactly what insurance is covering or what is on the horizon for insurance. And each website, um, each page for each state has information and frequently asked questions that really help guide you so you can help get the process started. So getting into our topic today, we really are on a big change here. Uh, The official bill that passed back in October is SB 946. And SB 946 is a big change for the state of California and will go into effect July 1st. For the first time, we're going to have insurance coverage for ABA services and other behavior services. And this is a landmark change. But unfortunately, it's a change that has come later compared to the rest of the country. California is actually the 29th state to pass such legislation. And there's going to be big changes on the horizon and a lot of, unfortunately, uncertainty. On the one hand, we have people who have never been able to qualify for services through either the school or the regional center. But now we're going to have an opportunity to provide for their children ABA services or other types of services that have been denied in the past. On the other hand, we may see some significant changes into what's currently being provided. The regional centers may become less of the primary funding source, and insurances now may become the number one funding source for our families and for children. This is going to lead to a lot of changes and adaptations that we need to make as we work together as a community. And parents are really going to need to take, take a big role in leading the charge to advocate for their child, make sure that their child is getting the best services and the best support available. And despite some of these uncertainties, I'm really excited about our guest today because I think we really have someone who is going to be at the forefront of beginning to provide the answers to help parents become the number one advocates for their child. And that is something that she actually specializes in and began her career in and I think we'll be able to give a lot of insight. So with that said, uh, my guest this week is Kristen Jacobson. And Kristen is the co-founder and president of Autism Deserves Equal Coverage. She's a founding member and steering committee member for the Alliance of California Autism Organizations. She's the state policy chair for Autism Speaks California. And she's a member of the Autism Task Force established by SB 946 for the California Insurance Mandate. Um, Kristen has advocated for autism-related causes for over six years, and she led the statewide effort to pass autism insurance reform here in California. In 2009, she co-founded Autism Deserves Equal Coverage to help families and providers access health care treatment through private insurance. 
She served as a member and chair of a great number of different committees, all relating to insurance. In 2006, Kristen co-founded the Bay Area Autism Advocacy Group, which purpose was to organize parents so they could better advocate for legislative reform for autism. The group became the Advocacy Group for Autism Speaks, and Kristen has served as the statewide advocacy chair for Autism Speaks since 2007. Kristen co-founded the ASD Insurance Help Yahoo Group to assist parents secure insurance coverage for autism. So with all that experience and all that background, I think Kristen's possibly the best person we could have had to really give us some of the answers to a lot of the questions that I know we have and a lot of families have about providing the best support to their child. When we come back from the break, we will have Kristen on with us to be able to better answer all the different questions we have that we need to know. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. At Autism Training Solutions, we know what it's like to work with children with autism. And we know what professional development can do for a school, a child, and a family. That is why we want to give 50 schools in the U.S. access to ATS professional development for a whole year. All you need to do is tell us how ATS would make a difference for your team in a one-minute video or a 500-word essay. For a complete set of rules, visit AutismTrainingSolutions.com backslash contest. At Autism Spectrum Therapies, we understand how confusing funding options have become, as well as the difficulties that often come with seeking insurance approval. Our knowledgeable insurance team can help you become informed about your options and assist you in securing the services your child needs and deserves. Our client advocates specialize in obtaining pre-authorization for insurance coverage of AST's services. If you have questions about your insurance coverage, call our insurance team today at 866-278-1520. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio with Dr. Bill Freya. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host for today, Rob Haupt, and my guest is Kristen Jacobson. Uh, Kristen, tell us a little bit about why you started the Autism Deserves Equal Coverage. Um, I started it um, because I had been assisting families um, try to access their insurance benefits, uh, families with autism, for a number of years, and um, it was such a big struggle for individual families to access benefits that were uh, covered under California law that it just seemed necessary to actually focus you know, my efforts full-time in this area and, you know, really dedicate the time needed to advocate for individual families to be able to access the, the benefits that they were entitled to under law. You know, and that's really interesting. I, I wasn't aware that this was something that had already been in place. Uh, I was under the impression that this mandate is brand new. SB 946 is a new piece of legislation, but it's more of a confirming piece of legislation. Uh, families... Are, 
have been entitled to um, all medically necessary treatment for pervasive developmental disorder or autism under the state's existing mental health parity law, uh, which is sometimes referred to as AB 88, which was the bill number uh, when it was passed in 1999. So for more than a decade, families have been entitled to medically necessary treatment, but the health plans um, have basically refused to honor that and uh, every case had to be brought to the regulators, either the Department of Managed Health Care or the California Department of Insurance, on a case-by-case basis. And while the vast majority of the cases were won, um, it, it just seemed like it was too challenging to wait for the court system. It was going to take too long to wait for cases to go all the way through the court system to confirm uh, what the regulators were deciding, you know, on, you know, 90% of the cases that this treatment was indeed medically necessary and is the standard of care for autism. And so it just was more expeditious to help more families more quickly to pass uh, a new piece of legislation which confirmed uh, the the current mandate and was much more explicit so that there could be... um, and, you know, there could be no more uh, opportunities for the health plans to not comply with the law. Great. And how exactly did did your role with SB 946 come around? I know you, you played a big part in really advocating for the passage of this bill and obviously also in the, in the writing of the bill. Um, and how did you get so involved in the bill itself? Um, it, it's a... Basically, this is an effort that the advocates um, worked very closely with Senator Steinberg's office for a number of years. I mean, originally, uh, we started testifying in front of the Blue Ribbon Commission in 2006, um, advocating for the need for insurance reform, and the Blue Ribbon Commission uh, listened to the advocates and um, concluded that insurance was one of their top priorities uh, for what uh, they were recommending for autism services. Um, and then it took a number of years before it became the right time. There were a number of iterations of the bill that had been proposed previously, um, but working with the bill sponsors, um, you know, this is a piece of legislation that that we worked very closely with and drafted um, because Senator Steinberg has been very committed to the community and needed all the sort of factors to come to the to the right point. We needed to mm-hmm. push the regulatory piece and the legislative and the legal piece, and then ultimately it became the right time for uh, the legislative piece. That's great. I mean, I really respect the way. Being on my side, I really got to see how much advocates and parents themselves really got to push the the issue and really push the agenda, especially as the bill started to gain momentum within the Senate and as it moved on to Governor Brown's desk. It, it really got the feeling like there was a, a huge outreach and, and a huge cry from, from different people. So it, I didn't realize it started all the way back in 06 with, with advocates like yourself, but that's, that's incredible. And it, really, uh, it needed to be a team effort with support coming from lots of different places. And so yeah. we really were able to finally get the bill moved forward when the, you know, the regular, the, there was a hearing, there was another iteration of the, um, the Blue Ribbon Commission was followed by the Senate Select Committee on Autism. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and there were four distinct focuses of that that came out of the Blue Ribbon Commission, and one of them was insurance, um, and that was the area that, that I focused on. And there were a couple of hearings that um, occurred. And, you know, we really need to, needed to go through the process and have the regulators and the legislators and the providers and the parents all sort of lined up together um, for the effort because, uh, you know, the insurance lobby against any type of a mandate um, is very, very strong. And so it took a real uh, combined yeah. effort. Wow. I mean, the regional centers were behind it because they saw the impact. You know, they're supposed to be the provider of last resort or the payer right. of last resort. Uh, the school districts, um, you know, have been paying for a number of medical treatments um, and they may be necessary for education, but they're also medical treatments. And so, um, you know, it was time for the insurance companies to to come in, and it really needed a, a, a full effort unified on many, many fronts. Wow. You know, one of the things, hearing this, that it, it took really five years of, of work and dedication, I'm still... I'm still surprised sometimes that I feel like not everyone really knows about the bill. Um, I, I read a survey recently from the Autism Society of America that about uh, 43% of parents they surveyed as of, I believe, uh, March weren't aware that uh, SB 946 had passed and didn't know what it was. So I was hoping we could do is start off with just some of the basics of you know, who is eligible for this bill? Who is eligible for coverage under SB 946? So SB 946... Uh, applies to state-regulated insurance plans. So there's two major kinds of insurance plans. There's state-regulated and there's federally regulated. Um, And this bill, you know, California cannot legislate what the federally regulated plans need to cover. Those are called self-funded plans. They're typically large companies, um, and those follow federal law. California regulates about... 60%, 60%, uh, a little over 60% of the uh, insur- health insurance market. And so SB 946 applies to the private uh, California-regulated plans, which would be large group plans, small group plans, individual plans. Generally, companies with less than 1,000 people have uh, what are called fully insured state-regulated plans, and that's who are covered primarily by this bill. There are some uh, big categories that are exempt from the bill. Unfortunately, because of the state budget crisis, Medi-Cal recipients or people who have their insurance through Medi-Cal were exempt from SB 946. Um, And then there's some other state-regulated plans that are public, like the public employee plans, CalPERS, and low-income healthy families plans, those are interesting because they're explicitly exempt from SB 946. However, they are covered by the mental health parity law, which was the pre-existing law that I spoke to you about earlier. Sure. And the regulator has made it clear that those families are still entitled to behavioral health treatment, including applied behavior analysis, under the existing law of the mental health parity law. So even though they're exempt from this law, we were careful to write this law that it did not diminish any benefits that were already under existing law. And so if you are a state employee and have your insurance through CalPERS, through one of the HMO plans, or the 
healthy families, uh, you, they're currently covered under the existing mental health parity law and will continue to be covered and be able to get behavioral health treatment after July 1st. That's really interesting because I know a lot of, I think a lot of families underneath CalPERS and healthy families aren't aware of that. I know there's, there's a lot of mixed messages going on out there about who's going to cover what specifically in those two plans. So it's, it's nice to know that they, these families have some other options that they can go down and not just go off of the first word that they hear. Yeah, it, it, unfortunately, the, one of the most complicated questions for a family to address is how do I figure out who regulates my plan? Do I have one of the plans that is covered? Um, and even, you know, it, it, it's more complicated because CalPERS has HMOs and PPOs, and one of their PPOs, which people I think generally know what PPOs are, is a, is a federally regulated plan. It's self-insured, and it is not covered under the bill. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it is unfortunately an onion that does need to be peeled back. Uh, you can ask your employer if you're at a company less than 1,000 people, it's very likely that you have a fully insured uh, plan, which is state regulated and would be subject to this law. Your, your employer and human resources might be able to help. The most definitive answer is to get your very, very long and detailed summary plan description or evidence of coverage, which is the 100-page or 50-page book that you get when you uh, get your insurance plan and you read to the back and you see who do you file grievances with? And if it mentions the Department of Managed Healthcare or the California Department of Insurance in the grievance section, that's probably the easiest signal that that's state regulated and then this law and the existing mental health parity law apply to you. Great. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but uh, when we come back, why don't we pick up with that of what that next step is and how families can go about actually picking up their coverage and accessing their coverage from their insurance company. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. BDO is dedicated to service, from serving our clients to serving the communities in which we live and work. Through BDO Counts, Our National Corporate Volunteer Program, employees across the country volunteer their time, talent, and resources for the good of local communities. And now, BDO is proud to support Autism Spectrum Therapies. We believe in doing our best to make the world a little better. That's why people who know community involvement know BDO. Need to replace aging IT infrastructure? Want a way to scale IT resources on demand? looking for affordable disaster recovery alternatives, then maybe the cloud is for you. If you aren't sure where or how to start, CenterBeam can help. Over the past decade, we've moved hundreds of clients to the cloud and for a limited time are offering a 25% discount on a cloud readiness assessment. It includes detailed recommendations for your transition to the cloud and is yours to keep. Call 877-710-8880 or visit centerbeam.com forward slash voice America. Everyone deserves a life filled with happiness, confidence, and achievements. Code Metro, developers of NPA Works business management software, is proud to partner with Autism Spectrum Therapies and its efforts in creating futures for individuals with autism. To fulfill our duties, we promise a special needs product that helps organizations operate efficiently. 
providing them with a business system that evolves as rapidly as they do. The results? A streamlined practice to help maintain quality services. Discover how we help businesses succeed at NPAWorks.com. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio with Dr. Bill Freya. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Back here on Autism Spectrum Radio with Kristen Jacobson. I'm Rob Haupt, your host. And where we left off was talking about Having families really understand whether or not their insurance plan covers ABA. And what I was really hoping to pick up with in our conversation, Kristen, was how do families go about getting coverage and how do they figure out what they're covered for? Sure. Um, I'll start with what they're covered for. Great. um, Which is there's two two laws. And so um, the mental health parity law is the long-standing law, and that says all medically diagnosis and all medically necessary treatment. And so, you know, that's something by which you can get evaluations, speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, social skills groups, and applied behavior analysis. The SB 946 is more explicit and very much lays out the types of behavioral or the, the fact that you can get behavioral therapy. Um, the behavioral therapy needs to be evidence-based as any treatment that you would seek for your children would be. Um, and there are um, a number of de- descriptions about the kinds of, uh, it needs to be prescribed by a physician or a psychologist. So in terms of how a family would access it, you first need to talk to your primary care doctor and you need to ask for a prescription. Now, if you're not at the point of even having a diagnosis, then obviously you would need to go through a diagnostic um, assessment, but the insurance company uh, should fund the diagnostic assessment. And so you start by requesting either the assessment or the treatment and then getting a prescription for it. You're also going to need to get an actual behavioral health assessment. So assuming the family already has a diagnosis of autism, um, and I'm going to start there, um, then what you need to request is from your pediatrician or from uh, your neurologist or your developmental pediatrician or your psychologist a prescription for assessment and treatment for behavioral health services or for behavioral health treatment. And you need to put down the autism diagnosis or the Asperger's diagnosis or the PDD-NOS diagnosis. The pediatrician needs to have both what they're asking for and the diagnosis code. And um, then you need to send that to your health plan. A lot of the health plans now are actually starting to have 800 numbers and lines in the mental health services that focus on behavioral health treatment. Um, They're starting to hire Uh, people in-house that know what ABA is so that if you call in and you ask for behavioral health treatment, you're you're hopefully not going to get as much of the blank stare. Uh, We have no idea what you're talking about in the past. Um, And then they will give you an authorization for the assessment. And then when you get the assessment, you bring it back 
and you request the authorization for the treatment. If the pediatrician's or the physician's prescription says assessment and treatment, you probably don't need to go back and get a second treatment, uh, or sorry, a second prescription, but you will need to give them the treatment plan. And are there going to be limitations or or caps to how much much service uh, a child can qualify for? The... There are no caps in California under either the Mental Health Parity Law or the um, SB 946, and that includes dollar caps or visit limit caps. Um, It's driven based on what is medically necessary. So depending on what is medically necessary for your child, the treatment has to be medically necessary, but within something that's medically necessary, there are no caps, there are no age caps, the, the bill specifically defines behavioral health treatment as a treatment that uh, restores or develops to the maximum extent practicable the functioning of an individual. So that's the standard to which um, your treatment will be evaluated. And that's really exciting. I, I feel like so many times over the last few years especially, I, I've heard from a lot of families who say, my child is too old, or I've been told my child is too old, he doesn't qualify for this service, or um, a, a teenager, an adult even, where it seems like this bill could really open up some, some new avenues for a lot of different individuals who may have been cut off from services or just denied services outright simply because of issues like age. Yeah, it definitely uh, should be able to open up new avenues. It's still going to come down to an individual patient and yeah. their circumstances and whether there's evidence to um, back up the type of treatment that their physician is requesting. Um, but behavioral health treatment is widely supported in the literature, and there's literature supporting its use both in young children, and there's probably more evidence in young children, but there is evidence of its effectiveness for individuals with older ages, specifically targeting, you know, very specific skill deficits yeah. or very specific behavioral areas. Yeah, I know Dr. Freya in a couple of weeks is going to have one of the, uh, the top experts uh, in, in our field of applied behavior analysis uh, talking about that very issue, about ABA and behavior services for teenagers and adults. So I think that's, I think that's going to be a big issue and, and a, a good issue for a lot of our families to be talking about and to be looking into of, can this be appropriate, and do we have the foundation to, to back this up? Um, kind of transitioning a little bit, you know, as we've been talking, the first thing that really popped into my head was that we've had this regional center system for so long. Um, we've had regional centers providing uh, services, and as you said, they've been the payer of last resort. And, and I hear that last resort in my head of, so now they have another option or families have another option that they should be going to um, prior to going to the regional center. So what does this mean for families? Should they expect to have the regional centers uh, cut their funding? Is there a transition? What, what have you been hearing from, from families and regional centers? I think the, the transition is an issue that everybody has to be very, very vigilant about. I think if there's not a careful transition, um, there could be a lot of um, families that are, are 
and individuals that are put in uncomfortable positions. Um, one thing that we were very careful of in this bill was um, the obligations of the regional centers under the Lanterman Act and the obligations of school districts under IDEA are not reduced by this bill. So the regional centers still are responsible for the individuals and it doesn't lessen their responsibility. I think it's going to be incumbent on both the regional centers and the health plans and frankly in everybody's best interest to make sure that careful transition plans are developed. The regional center is the payer of last resort, but funding from the regional center if a child already is getting services should not be cut off until it is clear that services are in place through the insurance company, that there is a transition plan developed. Children are entitled to continuity of care. They're entitled to not have interruption of services. And it's not going to be in anybody's interest to allow that to happen because the regional center is still ultimately responsible for the child. So if there's a big interruption in care and there's regression, which would be expected in this population for sudden changes and, and treatment plans that change without appropriate transition, the regional center is going to be... Um, you know, still responsible for that child and may end up being responsible for other kinds of services and crisis intervention services, which could be avoided with a good transition plan. In the same way, the health plan, if the child regresses, will then have to spend time making up skills or redeveloping skills that were, had already been required but then were lost in a poor transition. So it will also be in their interest. So hopefully, with enough of the interests aligned, people can work on transitions. But I would encourage these services, if they are on somebody's individual program plan, their IPP or their IFSP, and they're now looking to insurance, they should keep those services on their IPP. And they should just indicate that the insurance is going to be the funder. But then if something happens with the insurance funding, if something happens if they change insurance plans to one of these plans that doesn't cover it, it's still a need that's documented in their individual program plan by the regional center, mm -hmm. and the regional center would be responsible for picking that back up. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a very delicate balance to make sure, sure. that this is transitioned carefully. No, I, I think that's a really good tip. That's not something I thought about. You know, I, w I was listening to you, and I was thinking, okay, it's going to be really important for a parent to be really proactive. You know, let make sure that they're having the dialogue with their service coordinator at the regional center or whomever prior to July 1st to ensure that transition. But I never thought about making sure that the service stays on the IPP even if they're not getting it from the regional center because it gives you that backup. That's, that's a really great tip. But that's what the last resort means. Yeah. Um, and it also, you know, sometimes we're going to be dealing with issues of co-pays. I would encourage families to request co-pays be covered for the regional center, by the regional center, if their financial circumstances are one that would make it inaccessible to access their insurance without, you know, if they can't cover the co-pays, it would be in the regional center's interest to cover the co-pays so that they could access their right. insurance benefits. Uh, that's something that we're still working with DDS and the legislature to try to see if we can get some clear guidance on the process for that and how that would be. Um, to me, it's critical if the state actually wants to see the savings that they are hoping to see through the regional center process, it's important to address the copay issue for families that would not be able to otherwise access their insurance yeah. benefits. 
one that it sounds like that's going to be a big change for every family is that going to insurance means that just like a going to your doctor or going to your dentist or whomever, you will have a copay responsibility. And am I correct when I say that every day you have ABA service, you would have a copay associated with that? Different plans are different, and it's one of the issues that the insurance companies are still working out is in terms of how the copays will actually be charged. It is likely that someone would have a copay every day. Um, they shouldn't have multiple copays every day. The thing that's going to be un- or different from people who are maybe used to accessing their insurance for something that's less intensive is that they are very likely to reach their maximum copays. Almost every plan has some sort of a maximum copay. And because of the intensity of the treatment, it's likely that those copay maximums will be hit. And in some ways, it's a matter of how quickly. Um, if they're higher copays every day, then they're likely to hit their copay max. Uh, sooner if they are, have lower copays and they're able to hit their copay max a little bit later, but they're likely going to end up hitting their copay maximums, and it's something that they're going to need to stay vigilant about because the insurance systems are still coming up to speed, and you know there very well may be errors in how the copays are charged, and that's something that families are going to need to pay attention to. Got it. Well, it's time for us to take another break. Uh, when we get back, I was hoping we could spend a little time talking about just what rights parents have and making sure we can give all the families listening some good understanding about what their rights are in this process because that's going to be really important in the, the days and months ahead. So uh, stay with us and join us when we get back from the break. At Autism Spectrum Therapies, we understand how confusing funding options have become, as well as the difficulties that often come with seeking insurance approval. Our knowledgeable insurance team can help you become informed about your options and assist you in securing the services your child needs and deserves. Our client advocates specialize in obtaining pre-authorization for insurance coverage of AST's services. If you have questions about your insurance coverage, call our insurance team today at 866-278-1520. BDO is dedicated to service, from serving our clients to serving the communities in which we live and work. Through BDO Counts, our national corporate volunteer program, employees across the country volunteer their time, talent, and resources for the good of local communities. And now, BDO is proud to support Autism Spectrum Therapies. We believe in doing our best to make the world a little better. That's why people who know community involvement know BDO. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Parents of special needs individuals want to know if the care their loved ones are receiving is the best possible. We at Code Metro, developers of NPA Works, business management software for special needs providers, understand the unique necessities of running a successful organization. NPA Works helps free providers of tedious tasks like scheduling and insurance billing. Ensure your clinic is maximizing the time they give to your loved one. Ask if they use NPA Works. Visit us at npaworks.com to see how we can help. Shepard Mullen Richter in Hampton is a proud supporter of Autism Spectrum Therapies. 
Shepard Mullen is a full-service law firm with more than 570 attorneys in 14 offices located in the United States, Europe, and Asia. Companies turn to Shepard Mullen to handle corporate and technology matters, high-stakes litigation, and complex financial transactions. For more information, please visit ShepardMullen.com. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio with Dr. Bill Freya. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, we're back on Autism Spectrum Radio with Kristen Jacobson. And uh, Kristen, during the break, you, you said something to me really interesting about the co-pays and and you had some ideas about how parents can go about minimizing their co-pays to try and keep them a little bit more manageable. Uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, the first thing to do is to try to use a network provider when a network provider is available. Um, the, the bill requires that the insurance companies build networks. Your health plans will start to build networks, and you'll have lower co-pays if you, um, if you do uh, use an in-network provider. Also, if you use... Um, if you find a different plan during open enrollment where the premiums may be slightly higher but the out-of-pocket maximums might be lower, that actually might be a better alternative for you. And finally, if they don't have a network provider, you can request that they cover your out-of-network provider at your in-network benefit levels. And so you don't have to be, you don't have to be on a waiting list uh, or wait to get treatment if there's not uh, an in-network provider that can see you within 10 days, uh, then you can request an out-of-network referral and you can keep your copay costs down that way. I think that last piece is going to be big for our families, who, some, many of whom are used to waiting quite a while for services and not always getting to choose their provider. So that's going to be a great, a great change for them. Um, you know, when we think about the denial process, because inevitably this is going to come up for every family at some point, um, are, are there things that families or, or even providers such as myself can be doing proactively to minimize the denials and to uh, give the insurance companies something a little bit more concise or more thorough for what they're looking for? Well, you definitely want to make sure you have a really good treatment plan going in. Your treatment plan needs to have the deficit areas and the strengths. It needs to have measurable goals identified, and the goal should really be focused functionally or medically. If you are asking your insurance company for a lot of educationally related goals, you're likely to get it denied. But you can work on the same types of skills, say holding a pencil might be educational where buttoning a shirt or getting dressed is more functional. Keep your goals functional and focused on medical necessity and on alleviating the core symptoms of the disability. Any of the core symptoms of the disability that are being targeted by a specific goal are medical in nature because it's a medical condition, and those are more likely to be covered. Got it. So, uh, for example, something like social skills could be really a, a big foundational core deficit for children with autism. By really structuring goals to meet that deficit, they then become more medically necessary and can be more likely to be approved. Right. I would just, again, keep the, keep the goal areas and the goals very targeted on the core deficits of autism. And there are a number of core deficits of autism, which is exactly what behavioral health treatment um, 
targets. And then you can look at in terms of when you, if a denial comes, you know, what are your rights? There's so three what? things that you can appeal. It's either denial, but also delay or modification. All of those things constitute um, bases on which a family can appeal. And they may challenge that it's not appropriate for your child. That is something that you can appeal. Or that you ask for your doctor asks for six months and they authorize two months. Or your doctor asks for 25 hours and they authorize 15. Those are all modifications and those can be appealed. So a denial, a delay, or a modification are all things that can be appealed, appealed and hopefully won't, but, you know, may have to be. Now, if a family is already receiving services through their insurance company and six months in there's a modification and they appeal, are they, um, do they need to receive the services they were getting before the appeal, or does that appeal, or does the change automatically take place until their appeal has been heard? The change should not take place until the appeal has been heard. This is something where you may have to get the Department of Managed Health Care involved, but if, if an individual is appealing, then the, um, the services should remain in place. You do not have to agree to a change. Um, make sure you appeal it right away, but if they say you've made so much progress that you don't need the treatment anymore, and your therapist or your doctor feels that that's not the case, you need to appeal right away, and you're going to need to get the Department of Managed Health Care involved right away if the health plan actually tries to cut the services off. Got it. Well, we're coming up to the end of our time, Kristen, and I feel like you and I could be talking about this for days. There's, there's so much to cover, and I know we've, we've really just started this conversation. We really haven't even gotten it to its end. So I for all of our listeners out there who, who have more questions and want to get more information, uh, are there any resources you would recommend to them, whether it be uh, organizations, websites, et cetera, that they could go to um, to help get more info on insurance and SB 946? Yes. Um, Autism Deserves Equal Coverage has a website, um, and you can put in an, an intake and, and submit questions there. There are also some great resources of uh, Yahoo groups of parents helping each other. Um, and those are ASD Insurance Help and then Kaiser Spectrum Kids. And both of those are at yahoogroups.com. Um, maybe on your website you can put up the links to, to those groups, but people can sign up, join those groups, and ask questions that they have. And, you know, I answer questions on those as a number of other advocates do as well, and a lot of other parents do as well. And so it's a place where people can go post their questions and get answers. You can also call the Department of Managed Health Care and the California Department of Insurance, depending on who regulates your plan. Both of those agencies have you know, large consumer support groups, and we can put both of those numbers on the website as well. That's great. I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to do that and be able to get a lot more information and, and help get a lot of their questions answered. Um, I really appreciate you joining me today. This was fantastic. I feel like I learned a lot myself about just how to better support the families I work with every day, and there's a lot of resources I plan on adding to our website and, and some links and some other things just to make sure I can spread the word as much as I can as well of just what parents can do next and where they can find answers. Um, so thank you for joining us, and, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for having me as your guest this week. Uh, Dr. Freya will be back next week with another guest, and hope you have a great week and listen again next week. Take care. 
We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join your host, Dr. Bill Freya, for another edition next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.